When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The 10th time they've made it! Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Eden Road podcast where on today's show we're going to be previewing Wednesday night's game against Wolves down at the GTEC. If you haven't already listened to our Villa full-time show, that is live across all platforms, so do go and check that out. We've got loads of Villa fans still in the comments and very little Brentford fans, so so please go and check that out and let them know if they're right or wrong about the whole Ollie Watkins situation from last week, which I'm now stopping talking about because it's just boring me. But today... Uh, I'm delighted to be joined by Harry from the Wolves 77 Club. Harry, mate, pleasure to have you on. And yeah, thanks for taking the time. Yeah, cheers, Mike. Thanks for having me on, mate. Lovely. Just before we get going, guys, if you're watching on YouTube, remember to comment down below with your thoughts ahead of the game. Subscribe to our YouTube and Spotify channels and also give us a follow on our socials. That's at the Eden Road on Twitter and at Eden Road Pod on Instagram. Let's just start things off then, Harry. Uh, I'm wary that by the time I release this video, you'd have already played Chelsea. Having mm-hmm. said that, <clears throat> should we start by talking about the West Ham game and how that has shaped your expectations for the Chelsea game on Sunday? Uh, I'm not I'm not confident at all, to be honest, mate. Um, we switched. From, we've been playing a back five a lot under O'Neill and he switched to a four at the back. I got four, three, three. And it just didn't work. Um, they hit us on the break a few times. They were all over the first half, to be honest. And uh, we, we missed the likes of uh, Neto. Eight Nori came on, actually Eight Nori's been injured, but Neto should be back for Chelsea, so by the time people uh, listen to this, he might have played or he might have been on the bench, but we really miss him. We've gone a bit stale recently. We picked up four points against um, Burnley and Forest, but we played really poorly, so um, we need to turn it around a little bit. Um, we're in and around you guys, aren't we, at the moment in the table? Yeah. But really poor performance it was, um, not one that uh, will last long in the memory, the West Ham game. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not surprised. I watched the highlights. I didn't manage to catch the game, but I did watch the highlights, and it looked like they were pretty dominant. But as a more mm. as a more broad question, and something I ask kind of all opposition fans, how would you assess Wolves' start to the season? Because we're almost at halfway point now. Yeah, well, because of the mess of the summer with Lopetegui leaving so late and Gary O'Neill coming in so late, like a few days before the season started, we're we're doing. I'd say we're slightly above. Um, I think the objective was just to survive this season with all the players that we'd lost and the new manager. But yeah, at the beginning, it was looking a bit ropey at times. Like There was talks of O'Neill uh, being sacked after the Ipswich loss in the League Cup. But then we bounced back. We had a great win against Man City, which was no one saw coming. And we had a great win against Spurs not so long back. So yeah, it's... Um, it, we're, we're just above par, I'd say, because as I said, the objective was to survive and we're about 13th now. So, 
you can't you can't moan, but as you know in football, a lot of Wolves fans are moaning, including me, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, in terms of the games I've watched Wolves play, I thought against Fulham you were very unlucky not to get something out of that game, mm. especially with some of the refereeing decisions, which is a bit of a common theme with Wolves this season, but don't yeah. really want to get into more VAR talk because I feel like we speak about it every week. But I mean, <laughs> the game I watched the game against Arsenal as well, where you lost 2-1, but I thought on the balance of the game, you probably deserved a point out of that one. And mm. you mentioned the, the wins against Spurs and City. Would it be fair to say that consistency has been a big problem for Wolves this season? Yeah, we, we do really well against the big teams and we struggle against teams that are in and around us, to be honest. We beat uh, Bournemouth away, but apart from that, we drew away at Luton, lost away at Sheffield United, um, obviously Fulham recently. Um, but you, you go on about the VAR, to be honest. I know it's hor- horrible to talk about, but we... It, I'm not even being biased as a Wolves fan. We've had it so bad this season. Yeah. Like, I, I heard Simon Jordan talking about it, saying that, like, oh, O'Neill, don't moan when it goes for him. It never goes for us. It just hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so we've had that problem, and we could have had a few more points if uh, some of those decisions would have rightly gone our way. But, yeah, inconsistent, definitely. Um, when we're underdogs, we play well. When we're expected to win, we struggle. Like, we beat Burnley 1-0, but could easily have been a draw. We probably should have lost to Forest at home when we drew 1-1. Fulham away, as you mentioned, was a bit unlucky. But uh, yeah, it's up and down. It really is. It's hard to get. We find it hard to break teams down. We're good on the counter-attack. But when we we have to take the incentive to try and break teams down, we're not very good at it. I I was going to say Wolves strike me as a team that are having quite a similar season to Brentford in terms of maybe the performances being there and the, the points not quite equating to that performance. But from your from that answer, are you saying some of the performances have been bad and that is reflected in in the, in the results? Yeah, there's been quite a few poor performances. And O'Neill, he's done some good things, but I'll be honest, some of these substitutions are bizarre at times. Like We were warned that when, when we got him, and obviously you speak to Bournemouth fans and that, a few Bournemouth people we spoke to on our podcast and things like that said some of these substitutions and he's... Tactics can be a bit like what, and we've had that a few times. Like substitutions against West Ham, we're two 0 down. We've got two strikers on the bench, and he brings on a right back and a midfielder, and you just like don't make sense. So yeah, and performances. Obviously, we've been unbelievable against the likes of City. We were, but um, like I said, it's the ones when we got to try and break them down. We just um, don't seem to have it. But the concerns have been in seasons gone by. We don't score much, but this season we have actually got quite a good scoring record. Like I think we scored in thirteen games in a row or something uh, at one point, which is unheard of for us in years gone by. And obviously, Quan Ki Chan is a uh, hit a lot of form in front of goal. But yeah, very hot and cold. It'd be nice to be consistently good, but it's just not happening at the moment. I do want to speak a little bit. You mentioned Huang He Chan, but I do want to speak about some players that have impressed me so far for Wolves. Talk to me a bit about um, Mateus Cunha because he seems like a real, a real player and one that's banging form. I think he'd scored or assisted in his last five games before mm. West Ham, uh, but he strikes me as a player, and I've watched him a few times this season as someone who gets into good positions and is also up there with the best in the league in terms of his dribbling ability, but does spurn a lot of good chances. I, I think of that Man United game. I watched that one, and I feel like he could have mm. had a hat trick that day, and he, mm-hmm. missed, he missed a few. But I think he did. He I can't remember if he scored or not in the end, but um, he definitely he definitely missed a few. Talk talk to me a little bit about him. Is he, is he fulfilled that forty three million pound transfer fee yet? Um, he's very talented. Like he's a yeah. brilliant player, but he's just not a goal scorer. He's not a natural finisher. His strength is picking the ball up from like semi deep and driving at people. Um, he's strong. He's quick. 
And if I think if he has to think about it, he just can't finish. Like that Man United game is a great example because we obviously we'd had him the season before and he, he was really struggling to score. Um, he didn't score for ages. But he just scares the life out of defenders when he's like that. Yeah. But in that game, he missed a one-on-one, put it wide, and he hit the post from about two yards out. That's him in a nutshell. But as you mentioned recently, he's uh, he's done really well. And he's, he's involved in a lot of goals. Like he'll get a few assists as well, him and Huang. I've had a decent little link up, but if he could finish, my God, he, he wouldn't be playing for Wolves. It'd be, yeah. like, it reminds me a bit, a lot of people compare him to Adama Traore a little bit. Obviously, Traore is more of an out and out winger, but Traore would beat about four blokes, get to the edge of the box, or smash it over the bar, or try and cross it and like hit the North Bank or something. So if he could up his finishing, which he has recently, like I'm being a bit harsh, um, he'd be an absolute superstar. But has he fulfilled the money at the moment? No, but he's still young. He's only 23, 24 years of age, and he will become good. But we said the same about Troy already, and we never saw it. So um, yeah, we'll I remember <laughs> the, the last the last few times we played Wolves, especially at Molyneux, uh, maybe in that first season we came up. I just remember thinking, Troy already, he's so good at those things, beating men. But as soon as he gets to the byline, Cross will go past everyone in the box <laughs> or go into Rosette. Uh, someone, yeah. someone that has been good, though, Huangi Chan, you mentioned him, just signed a new contract, which keeps him at Wolves till 2028, if I'm mm-hmm. correct. Yeah. yeah. How how impressed have you been with him this season? Yeah, like his goal return. He's already gone past our top goal scorer from last year with uh, eight Premier League goals. He got one in the League Cup as well. But when we first got him on loan, he came in and he hit a bit of a spell then of scoring and then he got injured and we signed him and it, he just dried up and he was playing really bad. And honestly, if he'd have gone this summer, just gone, no one would have complained at all. Um, but then this season, and he's just hit really good form. He's he is clinical. He's our best finisher um, by far, really. Um, but again, he's another one who can go missing. Like I didn't even realise he was on the pitch against West Ham. But sometimes he'll go missing, but then he'll pop up with a winner. Like he's just, you don't mind it if he does that, do you? So yeah, he's got he's got a lot to improve on. Um, his fitness isn't the best either. He looks so tired at the moment, and ain't going to help with a festive festive period coming up as well. But yeah, it's good to have someone from South Korea as well because the fandom, like you're Molyneux now, when we play Tottenham, it's obviously Son. Yeah. Oh, I've never seen so many South Koreans in my life. So that's good. <laughs> it, gets lot, it gets a lot of eyeballs on walls. Um, but yeah, brilliant finisher. But again, a lot to improve on, really. You can go missing. Yeah. Uh, another familiar face in uh, in Dan Bentley. Brent, Brentford fans yeah, don't yeah. have great great memories of Bentley. And I don't know if this is harsh because by all accounts, he's, he's done all right so far for deputising for Saar. But genuinely, mm. I can speak on behalf of all Brentford fans. I do not know how that man is starting in the Premier League. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> has he, honestly, he hasn't been amazing. Um, he yeah. came in obviously as backup, and he's still backup. He's had a, he, he made his debut away at Man United last season, and he had a really good game. Like he pulled off some really good saves. Everyone was like, "Wow, get him in!" Because Sar's been a bit dodgy this season. Come in a few times when Sars had a knockout. Sars was injured against West Ham. He was poor against West Ham. Really bad. Like some of his positioning um, was terrible. But against Burnley, he started that game because uh, Sars, I can't remember, I think Sars was injured again. But he pulled off like a fantastic double save and pretty much won us the game. But I'd say, yeah, mate, I agree. He's, he ain't the best, really. He's not. Um, <laughs> I think if you asked about 10 Wolves fans, about eight of them would say he's not a starting Premier League goalkeeper, put it that way. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, we we had a we had a run where he was in our team, and there was just a whole season when it was just full of Dan Bentley errors, and almost <laughs> obviously it's it's difficult for a goalkeeper because when they make an error, it normally leads to a goal. 
but he mm. made he made so many mistakes in that season. So he'll probably yeah. get a bit of grief from Brentford fans on Wednesday night. I can, I can attest to that. Talk any any other Wolves players that can hurt us. I've looked at Belagada. I think he looks quite good. Anyone else that should we should? Well, have I, I hope. Hopefully Neto will be back by the time we play you lot. He probably won't be fully fit, but he's our best player by a mile Like when he's yeah. on it. Um, Jao Gomez and Lamina are midfield. I mean, or particularly Lamina, he came in last January and he, him and Dawson pretty much saved us from relegation. They were so vital. And Lamina had like real bad disciplinary issues when he was at like Fulham and that, but he's a great player, like mm -hmm. a bit of a steal uh, getting him. But yeah, Jao Gomez, Lamina, um, Neto are the, are the, are the standouts. Um, and Dawson at the back. It depends how you guys approach it, I guess. If we sit back deep and try and hit you on the break being away from home, I'd rather do that. If we're uh, like, like West Ham sat quite deep and we just couldn't handle it. So hopefully you come at us a bit. But yeah, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I'm expecting Brentford to have probably try and have more of the ball. We've got a couple of people I think might be fit again, but we've been we've been killed by injuries this season. But it should be good. I, mm. I can I remember when we played you at your place last season. I remember Lamina ran the game and he, he really oh, impressed yeah. me. But is, is he just come back from injury or was he suspended or Lamina was suspended, yeah. He right, had okay. um he racked up a lot of yellow cards and he missed uh, he missed the Arsenal game, I think it was. Um but yeah he's been back. He's been back. Yeah. No, he's really good. I, I, re I really like him. Talk to me a bit about Gary O'Neill. I know you mentioned him at the top. I'm a big fan of his him as a person. I was watching him on Monday Night Football the other week. Really impressive with mm. his insight. And also someone who isn't your average PR trained speaking bollocks manager. Every interview mm. really wears his heart on his sleeve. And probably rightly so with with the way Wolves have been hard done by this season with VAR. Obviously, there, there were a few question marks over the fact that he got sacked at Bournemouth and then, you know, Lopetegui leaving and him coming in so close to the season. Were, were you happy with the appointment? And what have Wolves fans made of his start at Wolves? Yeah, well, when obviously it all went down with Lopetegui, I was gutted personally. I wanted to keep Lopetegui, but Gary O'Neill was an underwhelming appointment, it's got to be said. Um, you can see why the club did it, because he kept Bournemouth up. But when he came in, it was kind of like, well, let's give him a go. And his interviews, like you said, like they were quite refreshing. He's quite. Um, yeah. It can. He can sometimes be a bit annoying when you've when you've lost. Um, he kind of says the same sort of things. But yeah, his interviews have been refreshing. It's very open. That Monday night football has shot his profile through the roof. Not just with Wolves fans. <laughs> I think with the Premier yeah. League, didn't it? It was yeah. uh, such a good, a good thing he did there. But he's done okay. He has, uh, like I said, around uh, when we lost to Ipswich in the League Cup, and I think we drew at Luton just before that. He was starting to like piss the Wolves fans off a bit, like alienate them. And uh, honestly, after that Ipswich one, I wouldn't have been surprised if they like he'd have walked or something. He was honestly getting that toxic. But then we beat Man City the game after, so that was it. Then it was like right. Um, but yeah, speaks well. He's done very well considering uh, the circumstances. It'd be nice for him to get a few players in of his own, I guess. Um, he deserves time. And uh, you know, it's nice to have like a British manager again because it's been a while. Um, I think Lambert was the last one we had for a little bit just before Nuno. Um, but yeah, you know, he's good. He speaks well. He uses his hands a lot when he's speaking. I think he needs to stop doing that. But <laughs> uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's good. He's good. He's done well. He's done well. Probably about seven or eight out of ten so far, I'd say. Just on a quick side note, how do you feel about, how do Wolves fans feel about Nuno at Forest? Oh, it's like um, seeing an ex or something. It's horrible. <laughs> I, I, I just love Nuno. When he got sacked, I was absolutely devastated. Um, a bit like the Forest fans probably are about Steve Cooper, but I suppose yeah. it naturally comes to an end. He's the best manager we've ever had in my lifetime. Obviously, we got to Europe and that. Um, he was quite stubborn. 
wasn't the best in interviews. And I don't think it'll work at Forest, honestly. I didn't think it'd work at Spurs, but we'll see. But yeah, um, he just transformed our club completely. Like you, it's hard to see. I don't want him to do well there. I don't. I don't want him to see him do well for another Premier League club. I might be bitter if he does. I hate it. <laughs> I don't want to see him do well for Forest. I can I can say that with how much money yeah. they spent this season, this, oh, that no. big deal yeah. is not being me- not being made. They spent so mm. much money in the summer window, yeah. and they're still looking like they might go down. Incredible. <laughs> and anyway, how would you, um another? How would you assess Gary O'Neill's style of football? You mentioned counter attacking. I know you noticed you set up in like a sort of three four three, almost mm. or three five two, depending on how you spin it. But how how would you assess his football? Yeah, well, at the beginning of the season, we started off playing four at the back. And obviously, you saw that United game, just went at them. Bit of counter-attacking as well. And we played Brighton. We still had four at the back. And I think he wanted to be on the front foot. And they absolutely battered us, Brighton. Like, we couldn't handle it. And then he switched, went to a five, bit more pragmatic. I think he saw, like, he couldn't do what he wanted to do. And, yeah, really, like, when we're underdogs, it is... We used to do it under Nuno. We were so good at it under Nuno. Like, we, we beat anyone in the top six, we fancied our chances. We beat Man City a few times. And, like, when we beat Man City under O'Neill, it was very deep, deep, like, set-up, counter-attacking. Mm-hmm. And then, unfortunately, when we do try and play on the front foot, like I've mentioned, which I think Gary O'Neill wants to eventually get to, just doesn't work. And um, we haven't really got the players for it at the moment. But he adapts a lot. He... he, he um, but what it is with him, he, he, in game, some of his in game decisions, he's either he really he really delays reaction. If you get what I mean, like he don't make yeah. substitutions quick enough, which Lopetegui was really good at. That was refreshing to see with Lopetegui because Bruno Large was the same. But, but to criticise him a bit, O'Neill, he, he doesn't react quick enough in game for me. He sticks with what he's doing, even when you're two 0 down against West Ham at half time. Don't make a change, things like that. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see when he gets a few players in of his own if he can start playing what he wants. But easier said than done, isn't it? It sounds like he might have a few similarities to Thomas Frank in the way that he's quite malleable, depending on who he pl- who he's playing. In terms of if, mm. if you're going, if you're going to play Man City, you know you're going to be in a low block and then hit them on the counter. But yeah. Thomas Frank's quite adept at kind of assessing the opposition and then figuring out a game plan from there. But he's not quite rigid like some managers are this season. It seems like mm. in terms of they're, they're going to be persistent in playing out from the back. But I feel like Brighton, you're going to get if you try and play on the front foot against Brighton. I think oh. anyone would get murdered. This honestly, Thank we went to their place. Yeah. We went to their place last week and it was just chasing shadows the whole game. It was so frustrating. So frustrating. Yeah. Um, another question, but it is, it is going to be interesting when, when he, if he does well, I think he'll definitely last until January. Um, but if he does manage to get the players in in January, we'll be interested to see how the second half of the season goes. Mm. Yeah, uh, and there's rumours there is going to be a va- bit of activity as well because I mentioned he didn't bring on Sasa Kaladzic and Fabio Silva's definitely going apparently. And Johnny... Um, he's a bit of a bit of a fan favourite from the Nuno days, but he's had two ACL injuries. He'll go, so we could see like three players go out and a few come in. So obviously, it, it, if he lasts till the summer, which I think he will, I can't see us going down this season, especially with some of the teams down the bottom. It'd be interesting to see what happens then, because we did bring a couple in the summer, but it was when we got rid of Nunes, we brought in like en- Enzo Goncal. I can't remember his second name. He's, we haven't even seen him. He's like 18 years of age and he's been in the under 23s. We brought in Santi Bueno, which wasn't him. I think that was already uh, sorted when Lopetegui was there. He's been a bit dodgy, to be honest. So, yeah, it's um, obviously Tommy Doyle's come in from City, which I think is an option to buy, which mm-hmm. I think might have been his, um, but I think that's part of the Nunes deal. So it'd be interesting, yeah. Uh, he deserves time. He deserves a chance to bring his own players in, and he will survive. He will. It'd be a, it'd be an absolute disaster if we got relegated from this point. It really would with the, the yeah. three teams down there. 
Yeah, I know. It's it's not looking it's looking quite hard to look past those three teams that have come yeah. back up. Apart from Forest, who I, I really do hope somehow mm. get dragged in. Uh last couple of questions, mate. One that I asked to all opposition fans, what have you made of Brentford so far this season, slash in the Premier League? Yeah, Brentford. I've honestly, I'll, I'll be honest. I don't really watch four games of Brentford unless Wolves are playing them. Obviously, I'll see the highlights. <laughs> it feels like from the outside looking in, it feels like you, you started off on a flyer, didn't you, this year? Well, so got M- we yeah, yeah, we we done all right. The performances were there, but then we had uh, this injury started to come in. We lost Rico Henry. Obviously, Tony's out as well. Yeah, is it is it M. Um, Buemo, your winger or striker? Yeah, I've he's, got him in the fantasy league. He's, like, he's been flying. <laughs> he has. Yeah, he's now injured for three months. Is um the injury list is just stacking up at the moment for us. Yeah, well, obviously back when we was in League One, I went down to your old ground a few times. Um, up on every corner in it famously and I remember we were battling with you lot to get up to the championship and you come up with us um, so it's, it's great to see you in the Premier League obviously and it's, it's, it's a great story really isn't it the fact that you've stayed up in that and uh, yeah mate, when I've watched you it's been uh, it's, it, you're good to watch definitely I really like um, I think you got sent off the other day. is it Ben Mee your, your defender yeah Ben Sometimes Mee yeah. I think he scored did he score against us uh, last year at your place or the year before but I really yeah, like no, him. I think he did. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah. Actually, in the, in the okay, one draw. Yeah, that was yeah, it. Yeah, I, got, yeah. I think he had a yeah. kicker. I remember that. But I like him uh, at the back here. But yeah, um, whenever we play, you always you're never confident going into it. Put it that way. Um, but yeah, good to watch you. Definitely. Was it a good away day at Griffin Park when you went? I, I've never been. I've been to your new. I went to the old one. Yeah. I went yeah. To the gr- old yeah. One. Griffin Park. Yeah. 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 That yeah. Griffin Park. Yeah. I, I went twice. I went in League One, and I, I went the year after in the Championship, and you beat us. We beat you three uh, 0 yeah. in League One, and then you beat us three 0 I believe, the year after. Great, mate. I went to uh, went straight down there, straight to the ground. I went to one of the pubs on the corner. Uh, yeah. And then straight in the away end, obviously, it was old fashioned, standing up, uh, no seats uh, at the time. Yeah, I love. I loved it. Cause it felt like proper football and it when the grounds like that it's uh yeah i prefer grounds like that than the modern ones to be honest i really do oh, that's what i love about molyneux to be honest molyneux's got a bit of an old ground feel to it still i don't want us to yeah. uh, update it too much <laughs> the one thing i will say about molyneux though is the away end oh god oh, it's, worse. Worse. It's, it's so bad yeah. it's so i don't know bad. why they do it i used to have I a really do the the away that <laughs> I used to have a season ticket in the South Bank back in the day and they used to sit the, oh, sometimes the smaller clubs would sit in half the South Bank and they'd move me to that Steve Ball lower. Like They'd put mm. the home fans in there. It's a bad view, in it? And like, <laughs> it must be so hard to generate an atmosphere and being spread across the whole bottom. It's just like okay, yeah. terrible. It's, it's, yeah, worst away, worst away end. But that's good for us, isn't it? We don't want it to be a good away end. We want it to be crap. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have to admit, it's my least favourite to look forward to on oh, calendar. Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, last one, mate. H- how do you expect the game to go next week? Uh, oh, God. We're in similar positions. We're lacking confidence, depending on how we get on against Chelsea. Um, yeah. I'd take a draw. I'm gonna go, I'll am gonna. i go for a 1-1 draw, but that's me being a bit optimistic, I must admit. I'll go for a 1-1 draw. Yeah, I mean, it is It is dependent on that Chelsea result. I, I don't know. The thing is with Chelsea, they're so inconsistent at the moment. You don't really know what mm-hmm. you're going to get when you play them. But you are playing them at home and you do have a good record so far this season against some of the big clubs, even though Chelsea have been sort of... Christmas Eve. Pretty <laughs> shit. Yeah, and, and it's Christmas yeah. Eve. Yeah, it's strange. Yeah. But yeah, Bizarre. Harry, that, that was a pleasure, mate. The Unimera podcast will be back at some point in the next week. Uh, I'm not sure if we're going to do a Wolves review slash Palace preview before... The Palace game, just by virtue of this being a being a really busy period for everyone and for football. But but stay tuned across our socials for any updates. And just before we go, guys, if you're watching on YouTube, remember to drop a comment down below with your with your thoughts ahead of the Wolves game. Subscribe to both the YouTube and the Spotify channels, and also give us a follow on our socials. That's at the Elamro Pod on Insta uh, on Twitter and 
No, sorry, other way around. At Elam Road Pod on Instagram and at the Elam Road on Twitter. There we go. Harry, it's, it's been a pleasure, mate, and good luck for next week. Yeah, cheers, Mike. Thank you. Podcast Network.